tried to be a private detective all by myself, it kind of went sideways with an alien invasion. So I decided maybe I wasn't ready to go out on my own. And then there's the whole thing about renting an office space, hiring employees, the tax paperwork alone. Ugh. So I've been sticking to the gig job life, which led me to work for this dude, Anthony J. Lyon. Hello, everyone. I'm not actually Anthony J. Lyon. I'm Sinclair. How do I put this for the uh, uninitiated? I'm a minor level deity of indistinct origin. A god. But not the kind of god who gets all the media attention, no. I'm a uh, self-help god. Well, I help myself, and if it ends up benefiting someone else, bonus. When I saw this Madison Standish here jumping around all these old-time radio shows, I knew she needed help. And since I'm always looking for a new business venture, and who doesn't love noir detectives, I stepped in for this Anthony J. Lyon, who runs a detective agency in Los Angeles. I hired Madison, which made her... The Lion's Eye. Stand by for trouble. Stand by for suspense. Stand by for adventure in tonight's story. The Lady with the Golden Hair. Ooh! Am I the Lady with the Golden Hair? No, you're a Lady with Golden Hair, but not... The lady with golden hair. <gasps> Are we talking about Barbie? It's 1948. Barbie dolls won't be released for another 11 years. Oh. Wait, how do you know that? Pardon of me, you are Mr. Lion, no? I am Max Vlenik and have come to see you unappointed. Attached to that thick Russian accent was a little curly-headed man, about 40, in a black suit. He was holding a stack of $50 bills, a gold-headed cane, and a red card in one hand. In his other, he had a black derby with a hole through the top of it. But I was most interested in the $50 bills. Please, come in my office and sit down, Mr. Uh... Vladnik, Max Vladnik of 1642 Malhallen Drive, Hollywood 28, on the Imperial Studios payroll. So time I do not have. I will not sit. I demonstrate. This a ticket because I park in the wrong place. I destroy it because my time is worth more than my try to find right place. OMG! That's exactly why I park in bus zones. Like, the people riding the bus have already accepted that they have miserable lives. They're riding the bus. So they can just deal with going around my car. Also, time I do not have to listen to this one talk. What did Yakov Smirnoff just say to me? Hey, that's quite a bundle of cash there, Vladnik. Yes, from bank I just arrived. For you. Ah, uh, for you. Well, then, what can we here at the International Detective Bureau do for you? Bullet hole in hat. See you? I was looking at your cane. It's one of those decorative ones, right? Like, you're not otherwise abled. 
I am otherwise speaking of my hat. I tried to bring back canes as a fashion accessory. When you're drunk in stilettos, who couldn't use a cane? Madison, how about letting the man finish what he's saying? I finish with this. One, two, three. Those look like 22 slugs. 38s. But they look like 22 slugs. Not even close. But they- Who cares for the numbers? They kill the same. That's what I was going to say. No, you weren't. All these interruptions when last night I nearly be killed. Sorry, sorry. Uh, where did you get these bullets, Vladnik? I dig them out of doorway where I am shot last night in my home. Was it the Russian mafia? Nah, they want to start operating in the U.S. until the mid-70s. Well, aren't you just a walking wiki page? I have no enemies. Everyone is madly in love with Max Flatnik. I must buy a new hat. Cannot buy a new head. Kindly, you will guard my body from dying? Of course. Madison here will make sure that no harm comes to you. Me? A bodyguard? Do I look like Kevin Costner? No. His blonde hair is natural. Don't even start with me. Do you know how hard it is to find a hairstylist in the 1940s who doesn't third-degree bleach your scalp? Blonde hair is delicate matter. Ha! Even the communists know more about hair than you! Well, wonderful. Then you two will have plenty to talk about while you're guarding him. No way! I am not gonna be anybody's bodyguard! Let him call the police! No, no police! I explain! In Imperial Motion Picture Studio is much newspaper free, sometimes for agents to press Hollywood. He talks like a word jumble. I think he means the studio's agents use the Hollywood newspapers for free press. Of course is what I said. So police might think, because I work on great epic movie, is free trick for agents to press. Ah, you think the police won't believe you, that you're just out to get some free publicity. That much I got. Congratulations. Maybe I was just clarifying for our podcast audience. Podcast? How do you- But it's no joke! To you, I come and take no chance. Okay, well, little Russian dude, even if you were Whitney Houston, I wouldn't be your bodyguard. Although, isn't it sad to think that if Whitney had had a bodyguard, she might not have drowned in that tub? I'm sorry. Who's in charge here? I said you're doing it. The last boss who tried to pull that on me ended up working the deep fryer at Wendy's. Well then, you can just shoot your complaint on over to Shirley in the HR department. Oh wait, we don't have an HR department. Then what happened to Shirley? Poor Max Flatnik. This master of makeup, who is so great, he is imported to Hollywood to create beautiful faces from skin which is old. Miracles he works, and now a bullet comes to end his miracles. Hang on, you're a makeup artist? A Hollywood makeup artist? Without Max Flatnik, many stars of silver screen not shine. Okay, verifying, language barrier. Yes, Madison, Max Vladnik here is a top makeup artist in Hollywood. Say, aren't you some kind of makeup blogger? Yeah. You makeup artists as well. I recognize immediately, but say nothing. For it rude to comment on women's makeup. But yours, expertly contoured. Really? It's a shame you're not God body, for then I show you home studio. <gasps> Well, Vladnik, maybe I could find another one of my agents to take the job. Thank you, Mr. Lion. Give me person name so my guest, they will be at studio for filming shoot. Let me get out my Rolodex.
no, Madison, you're right. This job just isn't a good fit for you. Good fit? I'm a woman! I wear shoes two sizes too small so I can lie to myself I don't have big feet! Come on! All right, Vladnik. Madison here will stick right by your side until we can get to the bottom of all this. Already better, I feel. Thank you, Mr. Lion. Okay, Lion. Okay. Get going. Dude, you promised when I got an assignment you'd give me a gun. Did I? Why don't we see how this job goes? Then we can decide if you're issued a gun. Kevin Costner had one. So did Alec Baldwin. And we all know how that turned out. Please, Miss Standish, waste no more time. We must go. You must go. Remember to call me if you're in anything. Then expect a phone call. On Canyon Roads, I've run into parked cars, light posts, and a hot tub. Hot tub? It was being unloaded from a truck. I did mention I thought you needed help, right? Well, you can see how it was. When Madison got to Max Vladnik's car, naturally it was parked in a red zone. And naturally there was another ticket on it, and he tore that one up too. And they drove out to his house. It was about 6 o'clock when Madison and Max pulled up in front of his house on Mulholland Drive. Now, did I think Madison would make a good bodyguard? Truth be told, I wouldn't trust her to watch my goldfish. If I ever had a goldfish. But upon meeting Max the makeup artist, I really couldn't imagine who would want him dead. So, maybe I didn't take the whole thing very seriously at the start. But Madison was just about to find out how serious the little man was. As Max was pulling things out of his pockets and looking for the keys to his front door, it happened. See? See? What I tell you? All this time shooting at Max! Stop standing there! Get down! You have the survival instincts of a lemming on a ledge! But here you are. So I tell you, my heart is full again of hope. Fabulous, Obama! How about having hope and ducking from the bullets? Festive ruins my hat, now my trousers suffer. For how long will I here on my front porch? He stopped shooting. Bullets he is out of, I think. All of them now in my doorway. He's making a run for it. So you chase him, yes? No, I only run in an air-conditioned gym with a TV screen in front of my treadmill. But there is no stopping Max's killer. If he run away... I'm wearing heels! I make for you special blush color. No one else in all the world will have cheekbones such as yours. Sold. And with that little bit of bribery, Madison took off for the heavy brush where white gun smoke still hung around the trees. She was right about those heels. She ran like a gazelle with a hoof infection. But luckily for her, her assailant wasn't exactly a cheetah. He was a gray-haired man with a stocky build and glasses. He was running down the hill about a hundred feet away from her, waving a gun over his head like a kid playing cowboys and Indians. But what he lacked for in speed, he made up for in acrobatics. He dived over a wooden road bracer and went skidding down the embankment, leaping over the hood and into an old Chevy convertible. And in a matter of moments, he took off cloud of dust. <sighs> Damn! Who is this guy? Luke Duke and Uncle Jesse's body? And failing to catch her prey, the defeated gazelle lumbered back into the house. Yes, I know I just conflated my animal metaphors, but hey, we didn't have the budget to hire David Attenborough. <laughs>
Max, darling, oh, this is absolutely terrible, terrible. Oh, something like this happening to you, oh, Max. Why would anyone want to do such a thing as beyond me? Madison got back to the house about ten minutes later, her two sizes, two small heels in her hands as she retraced her steps. There was a black convertible in the driveway and a very blonde girl in the doorway. The overly dramatic blonde was digging the new slugs out of their woodwork with a penknife, rattling away at Max who was lying on a porch chair. When the blonde woman saw Madison, she pulled off her sunglasses and held out her hand. How do you do? You're Miss Standish? Did you kill him? Kill him? I'm just a private detective! I can't go around killing people like the police! And God, she does not have. You don't have a gun? How could you be a detective if you don't have a gun? How could you possibly protect my Max if you don't have a gun? My country shall use, my darling. Russian made for the war. I would use myself, but these hands create beauty, not death. My hands don't create death. Well, not on purpose. And anyway, those frogs weren't endangered. So he got away. Did you at least see who he was? Oh, I am not good with that describe what he looked like stuff. I always figured that in any crucial situation, i just film it with my phone. So my skills of observation are as undeveloped as my critical thinking. Then Max is no better off than before he hired you. Who are you, exactly? Oh, beg my pardon. This is Hilda Graham. You have seen her in pictures. She's my wife. Almost. Your wife? Almost. Is it some sort of green card thing? Because you're not only way out of his league, but I thought he was batting for the opposing team. Miss Standish, these attempts on my dear Max's life need to stop. Why, he's the finest makeup artist in the world. It would be a great loss to Hollywood if anything ever happened to him. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, can I see your makeup studio now? Now? When second shooter of Max is only this minute driving away? Yeah, he's gone. You're not shot. Tell me, what are your thoughts on eyebrows? I mean, I like them groomed, but you know those girls whose eyebrows are so overly drawn and perfect that all you could do is stare at them, waiting for them to come to life like two angry caterpillars? Max, why don't we all go inside? You need your rest. So busy I am. I, I need to work. No, darling, you go lie down in the bedroom. The studio can wait. All right, then. Miss Standish, top drawer of desk is my weapon. Loaded it is. You take. Now to bed. I don't know what I'd do if I lost you. You see, Miss Standish, you must keep me alive for Hilda. So, Miss Standish, aren't you going to go looking for the shooter? Send out an alarm or whatever you do? I'm the bodyguard, so I stay with the body. Are you going to be here all night? Because I'm not getting paid to watch two bodies. Oh, God, just got an image of you two together. It's like if Barbie made it with a hobbit. Do you think he's the kind I'd really have something in common with? Dude, do you have any alcohol around here? Because I need a brain eraser. Stat! Will scotch do? Bring the bottle. Well, to your question, I was just leaving. I have to be at the studio early tomorrow. If there's anything I can do at all, I'd be only too happy to cooperate. Can I have those twenty-two caliber bullets you took out of the doorway? Aren't they thirty-eight caliber? Just give me the damn bullets. Certainly. I completely forgot about those. I meant to give them to you earlier. Here. And the drink. Of course. Well, Miss Standish, it's been nice meeting you. I know you'll take good care of Max. I live by myself in Toluca Lake. Contact me if you need anything. Madison followed her out the door. There was a reason Hilda was a movie star. It was hard to take your eyes off of her, no matter who you were. 
especially for Madison, whose years of watching TMZ had truly warped her impression of what glamour really was. Hilda slid behind the wheel of that convertible of hers like she was built right along with it. And in mere moments, that famous golden hair was blowing behind her as she vanished around the bend of Hollywood's Mulholland Drive. I have got to ask her where she gets her hair done. Oh crap! Am I allowed to answer someone else's phone? How does that work? There's no voicemail, they can't leave a message. Oh, and it's ringing so loud! I don't want it to wake him up! I, I should answer it, right? Hello? Madison, that you? This isn't my phone! How did you know it was me? I recognize your voice. Well, who are you? There's no caller ID. It's Sinclair... The Lion. Look, I hadn't heard from you. I was going to see what's going on with Max. I did a little digging and the Treasury Department tells me he paid 20000 last year in income tax. So he can afford a little bit of protection. I'm up here in the hills chasing shooters down embankments like a coyote after a chihuahua, and you're looking up a dude's tax returns? Shooters? Well, one shooter. And you never gave me a gun, by the way. Oh, oh wait. Max said he had a gun in the top drawer of his desk. Uh, hang on. Uh, Madison, there is a reason I never gave you a gun. I'm getting shot at over here! How am I supposed to be a bodyguard if I don't have a gun? I am not taking a bullet for this dude. I'm gonna guess that even in the 40s, the Secret Service makes more than the $10 a day you pay me. Interesting bit of history. Abraham Lincoln actually created the Secret Service, but under his presidency, they were only used to investigate counterfeit currency. It wouldn't be until the assassination of President McKinley in 1901 that Congress voted to use them for guarding the president. Your talking about assassinations is not making me feel any better about this job. Sorry, human history is just too funny. Can't we call the cops? What? And have them do for free what we're getting paid to do? Not on your life. And I mean that literally. Wow, these are really big bullets. Okay, you know what? I'll send Joe Canto out there to give you a hand. This Max is a first-class gold mine as far as I'm concerned. So until Joe shows up, stick by Max and don't call the cops. Are you drinking? You heard that? Put the gun back in the drawer, Madison. What? Hello? Lion? I can't hear you. I think we have a bad connection. What are you talking about? It's a landline. Well, I'm not trained to use a gun, but 32 states don't require training, and most of those don't even require a permit, so must be as safe as driving a car. Which does require a license in every state. the door? I not want to be shoot again. I don't think your assassin is gonna ring the doorbell. I don't think. Who are you? What do you want? Whoa, whoa, Madison. Lower the gun. It's, it's me, Joe Canto. The lion sent me. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That lilac bush did not deserve to die like that. Lion mentioned the gun situation. Why don't you give it to me? It's Russian? I'm sure the bullets work just the same as the American ones. Madison, who at door? It's the other guy from my agency. Most wonderful. Come on in, Joe. What took you so long? 
Hurry, Madison, the third act we are approaching. Third act? I thought he'd be showing me around his makeup studio. Instead, he's got me acting out the cherry orchard. Well, that sounds interesting. If you think the social change brought about by the Russian Revolution thrusting the classes into a socioeconomic struggle as symbolized by the cherry orchard itself, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, sorry I'm late. Stopped by police ballistics. Had the 38 slugs Max brought in checked. Oh, I, I got some more in my pocket. Well, I found a winner. Gun belongs to a fella named Pete Berger. No permit on it. He'd done 6 to 18 in San Quentin once for robbery. Sprung a couple years ago. Okay, so what do I do with that information? Well, I got his current address if you want to go check it out. He's got a place on Figueroa right off Sunset. That means I have to drive down cold water in the dark. And it's all twisty. Mattison, I need my Madame Renevskaya. Give me your keys. What am I supposed to do with them? Max, great news. I got a Yasha for ya. Most wonderful. Yasha? I've never been a bodyguard before, but I've been a babysitter. So I'm treating him like the kids I sat. Play with them to tire them out, put them to bed, then break into the liquor cabinet. Bye! Yasha, your mother has come to visit. Great. I hate the European naturalist movement. Dude, this is a bar. Actually, it's a library. I'm just a really lenient librarian. Well then, I'd like to check out a volume of hard liquor. <laughs> I like you, sister. They call me Flossie. Why? You a dentist? Yeah. I freelance in between my library job. I haven't seen you around here before. Got a name? Doesn't everybody? Wanna share it with the class? Oh. Madison, sup? Let me guess. You just arrived on a greyhound from Iowa, ready to become Hollywood's next big star. OMG! You think I look like someone who would ride a bus and be from Iowa? I really need to get a better hairstylist. Okay then, sister, what's your story? Somebody gave me this address to find a Pete Berger? Does he live here? I lived in a bar once. I offered to pay rent, but the owner said he'd rather I pay for the alcohol I drank, and that was just more a month than I could afford. You're a private peeper, then. You don't look like no copper. Compliment. Thank you. But yes, I am. <laughs> so, do you know Pete Berger? This is his last known address. I ain't never heard of no Pete Berger, and neither has anybody else in here. He ain't never lived here. Nobody lives here, okay? You got a bum steer. There's a sign by that door that says rooms for rent and points upstairs. It's an old sign. Then what's up there? Rats. A storage room full of rats. Remember I just said I used to live in a bar? You can make friends with the rats. You go through a lot of cocktail onions, but they'll eventually accept you. Hey, I didn't say you could go up there. You didn't say I couldn't. Then I'm saying it now. Too late. Madison was only halfway up the stairs when a man in a gray sweatshirt banked over the top. There were three red holes center of that sweatshirt. Madison responded professionally. Ew! Just then, the guy started stumbling down the stairs. He tried to say something, but it was all over for him. 
turned out, Flossie did know Pete. Pete! Pete! The washed up waitress ran over and was kneeling beside him, holding his head in her arms, rocking back and forth. That's Pete? Yeah, you guessed it. Pete was the same man Madison had chased that afternoon, and he didn't live five seconds. But Madison took the news gracefully. Well, that's just perfect. Stupid freaking gall dirt mother- Our language got a bit explicit at that point, so we'll just cut to the promo break. We'll return in just a moment to tonight's story of adventure and suspense. But first, here's an important message. Canary P.I.? <laughs> What's that, a pet store? The Canary P.I. audio drama podcast, Tales of the Peculiar to the Eyes of Your Favorite Gumshoe. Well, maybe one of them. Listen to our newest two-hour saga titled Reminisce to Remember and our remastered season one show is being released now. Aliens have your husband's head in a jar and the toaster stealing from you. Tell to Rod Serling, maybe he'll buy you a ham sandwich for the rights. Canary P.I. Available in most places podcasts are found. Do you have an oddly specific or ironic superpower? Are you sidekicking for a superhero who takes all the credit and forgets your name? Well, I can relate. Come to Second Fiddles, a support group for sidekicks like us. We're also LGBTQ friendly. What does a Q stand for again? Quiet! I'm recording something. Max, are you creating an advertisement to increase awareness of our support group? Well, I'm trying to. Should you really be calling it a support group? I don't feel very supported lately. Ugh, I forgot what I was going to say next. Perhaps you could say something such as, Listen to Second Fiddles wherever you enjoy podcasts. What the f*** are you talking about? I am breaking the fourth wall. It is fun. Never mind, I'll try this again some other time. See what I mean? Not very supportive. (sighs) I don't even know why I bother. Back to the story of The Lady with the Golden Hair. Well, after Pete had come falling down the stairs and Flossie had had a good cry over him, Madison decided to disobey my direct orders and called Central Homicide. What did she care? It wasn't her bottom line she was jeopardizing. They got there a few minutes later and went over the whole place taking pictures and prints. The wagon took what was left of Pete Berger down to the morgue, and Detective Lieutenant Salvatore Sanducci asked everybody with a standard questions. He was a bit baffled, if not amused, by my female agent. But then again, it was the 1940s, and nobody was thinking about diversity hiring just yet. You work for the Lion. His, uh, International Detective Bureau? Is that right? That's right, for the hundredth time. Do I need to get t-shirts printed? Uh, Look, it's just, I didn't know he could afford a secretary. (laughs) I figured he was so tight, he'd do all the typing himself. (laughs) I'm not the secretary. I happen to be a private investigator. Thank you. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I don't see no gun. (laughs) That's a whole story. All right. All right, all right. We'll go with how you tell it for now. So then, uh, let me ask you this. When an ex-con named Pete Berger gets topped off just before a private dick comes around... Don't call me a private dick. It sounds very gender-specific. My apologies. Before a private lady dick comes around. Okay, maybe we should just stay away from all penis-related labels here? Uh, Fine. But I got questions only you can answer. 
What's your connection to the stiff? What did we just talk about? To the dead guy, to Burger. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, all I know is that somebody's been shooting at a client that I'm bodyguarding. I hope it wasn't Pete Burger. Heh <laughs> <laughs> no. But the bullets came from a gun owned by Pete Burger, so I came down to see him. Only he walks out all loaded down with 45 slugs and dies before you can say hello. Isn't that a bummer? Who's your client? I can't say. But you will say. But I won't say. I'm really good at keeping secrets. Until it becomes financially rewarding for me to tell them. Are you asking me to bribe you to answer my questions? (laughs) Oh, God, no. You couldn't possibly afford it on a cop's salary. Okay, okay. New question. Why was Pete shooting at your client? Uh, duh. That's what I was going to ask Pete. Then I guess that's his secret no one can pay for. Can I go now? I still got to drive back up cold water in the dark. And with the 40s having a significant lack of guardrails, I'd like to do it before the drunks get on the road. Like yourself? I can smell it on you. Okay, the other drunks. Up cold water, you say? Your client occupying one of them big homes the rest of us can only dream about over on Mulholland? Yeah, it's Madonna. She says, hello and goodbye. I just unemployed you. You know, before Pete Berger went to San Quentin, he was never handy with a gun. Still isn't, unless he was aiming for the door. Guy had bad eyes. Couldn't see his hand in front of his face. Well, he still earned a participation trophy because he did his best. Flossie told me Pete's been playing stuntman in the pictures, making a buck at it. Seemed like he learned all his tricks while he was up in the clink. He got a nice gym there. I don't care if Andy Dufresne got him his GED. The dude's dead. It's over. I still can't understand why all of a sudden he'd go around shooting at somebody. Oh my god. Are we supposed to stand here and figure this out together like some sort of class group project? Because I never showed up for a single one of those work sessions. I just wrote on the grade the others got. Well, with me not knowing who the client is, all I can do is speculate. Okay, fine. So the deal is, if Pete Berger was shooting at my unnamed client, who would shoot Pete? Maybe it was something personal, and Pete felt he had to do it. Then whomever your client is got kind of sore, turned around, plug Pete. I couldn't help but notice you're not with your client. Makes it a little hard to be a bodyguard without the body. He's at home with somebody else guarding him. And they're probably chopping down the cherry orchard as we speak. A cherry orchard, right. Well, how about this one then? Peaburger was a perfect setup for a wise guy. An ex-con who'd done 15 years, who learns his lesson, wants to make a straight dime, but some wise guy finds out Pete's a con and says, I'll tell your boss unless you kick in, and then maybe Pete starts shooting to shut him up. You said Pete was working as a stunt guy in the movies? A regular player at Imperial Pictures, from what Flossie tells me. That means something to you? No, but I was almost a photo double for Renee Zellweger. Then Bridget Jones's menopause got stuck in turnaround. Right. So my story ends with the wise guy coming back to confront Pete for shooting at him, who plugs Pete. I'm really confused. Who's the wise guy? Your client. I don't know if I'd describe him as wise. A little high-strung, maybe. You know what, Madison? In the interest of my ever wrapping up this case, I'll figure it out myself.
Oh, okay. Bye. And that's how you get everyone else in the group project to do the work for you. Make them so utterly annoyed that they tell you to go back to the dorm, they'll do it themselves. Easy A, kids. Easy A. It was 4 a.m. by the time Madison got to the hills behind Coldwater Canyon and started up Mulholland Drive. The early morning fog was not the ideal driving condition for Madison, and it was by a miracle by some god other than me that she didn't upgrade from hot tub to swimming pool. When she pulled up in front of Max's house, one light was burning in the window. The rest of the house looked dark and everything was quiet. Maybe the cherry orchard didn't get a curtain call. But as soon as she opened that front door, Madison was hit by a wave of cordite. She didn't know what the smell was from, and maybe that was my fault for not letting her have a gun, but the whole room was full of it, and she at least had enough sense to know that it wasn't from Chinese takeout. <gasps> the makeup studio! Max Vladnik was lying half on the floor and half on the table he used to create his miracles. A bottle of spirit gum was spilled on the floor, along with some false blonde hair and a cracked wig block. He had one free arm around a white plastered cast of a head, just like it was a doll, and there were two holes in the middle of his forehead. His beautiful makeup, wigs, his masterpieces, all of it gone with him. Lion is gonna be so pissed. Madison. Dude, Joe! Woo! That's a big pool of blood you're lying in there. Can I, uh, help somehow? No, don't, don't try to move me. I'll call 911. Wait, no such thing as paramedics yet. Or 911. Aw, nothing for Ryan Murphy to turn into a poorly written melodrama. Madison, I've been laying here waiting for you. It's in my lungs somewhere. I don't think you got any blood to spare. <laughs> yeah, the crime scene cleaning crew is going to be working overtime tonight. <laughs> it, it happened an hour after you left. We were just about to start Act 4. Madame Renevskaya's departure from the house that has been hers her whole life, but is no longer? Right. He went to a studio while I did some character study on the peasant class to, to truly understand the struggles they faced in pre-revolutionary Russia. That dude's <laughs> hardcore. I heard a noise in the studio. I come in, and the next thing I know, I'm taking a slug myself. I never saw who did it. Doctor! I, I should call a doctor! Yeah, maybe you should. I got a date tomorrow night. She's been trying to get rid of me. This will give her... This will give her a good excuse. Totally. I broke up with a football player in high school when he got injured. I'm a good times girlfriend, not a rehab-a-shattered-ankle girlfriend. Joe? Joe? Ah, damn, he passed out. Or... died? Ugh. I'll let the doctor make that call. I'd hate to be the reason they bury another one alive. Well, Madison made a lot of phone calls before it was all over. Hollywood Receiving Hospital, Sanducci, Central Homicide, and then I was lucky enough to be dragged out of bed. I said I'd meet her at the hospital. I got there first and was standing around the hall when she finally showed up. Dr. Davis, telephone, please. Dr. Davis, telephone, please. 
Now, how is it that I managed to get here in under 10 minutes, but you come waltzing in over 45 minutes later? I never waltz. My generation doesn't couples dance. First, it dictates that men are the leads and women must follow them. Second, supports binary gender identification. Third, doesn't allow for body autonomy. Fourth... All right, already, I get it. Dancing is canceled. Can we focus on why you dragged me to a hospital before the sun came up? You're a little cranky. We should get you some coffee. I'm not paying for any hospital coffee. The doctor's already gonna cost me plenty. Well, I need coffee. Whatever Flossie was serving is just about to reach maximum hangover. Vending machine, over there. No coffee shop? No! But for the 25 bucks a day plus surgery, front desk should at least leave him a mint on the pillow. Yeesh, you are cranky. I'll try the vending machine. So is Joe out of surgery yet? Yeah, doctor's already been out here. What the hell am I looking at? What are you talking about? You said there was coffee in this thing. Press button cream sugar? What the hell is this? It's a 1940s vending machine, Jen Useless. If you want a barista, get real comfy in the waiting room, because Starbucks won't be coming to town until around the 90s. Okay, there you go again. How do you know future stuff? I'm the only one who knows future stuff. I'd love to explain it to you, but I've seen your college transcripts. I honestly didn't know a GPA could be that low. No one goes to college for the education. Does every conversation have to be about you? Santa was shot. All right, give me a quarter. I'm getting you whatever coffee-like liquid comes out of this thing. I don't have a quarter. And Kanto getting himself shot is going to eat up every penny we made on this thing. Oh, so you're not cranky because you're tired. You're cranky because you're losing money. And here I was thinking you were a lousy detective. Of course that's why I'm cranky. I sunk dough into this venture and now it's bleeding me dry. About an hour ago, Joe was bleeding dry on Max's linoleum. Everybody dies. Except me. See? To you, employees are nothing but disposable pieces of Kleenex. You bosses just blow your snot all over us, then toss us away, easily replacing us with the next one that pops up. Oh, look. We're back to talking about you again. It is in reference to Joe, too. Well, if you're concerned about Joe, here. They pulled this out of him. A 38 slug? A 45. Now it's a 45? Make up your mind. It was 38s they got from Pete's gun, but the bullets they found in Pete and Joe and Max were 45s. So I'm looking for someone who's got a 45 caliber gun? You're looking for nobody. This is a police job now. A police job? When did that happen? The second our paying client permanently closed his revenue stream. You don't care who shot Joe? Are they going to pay for his hospital bills? I don't know how that works. Is it a sue for damages kind of thing, or...? I'm telling you, I'm pulling the case. Whatever you do from here is on your own dime, and I won't be responsible for anything that happens. So if you end up in here, you're paying that surgeon yourself. I don't have health insurance, but maybe I could find an emergency room Groupon. Well, Miss Standish, when I saw you at Max's yesterday afternoon, I didn't think I'd receive a visit from you at six o'clock in the morning. But, come in. I was just having coffee. Coffee? Would you care for some? 
as long as it's not out of a vending machine with brewed fresh daily written across it. I believe that as much as I believe bottled water comes from pristine mountain streams. Well, come into the kitchen. I'm up because I have to be at the studio for an early makeup job. Not by Max, though, right? No, he's not working on this picture. Here you are. Thanks. Why do you ask? Oh, oh, Max. Something's happened to Max. No, 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 no. But actually the opposite of that. Yes. Very much yes. He's dead. Oh, no. Oh, not Max. Oh, Max. He got shot like three hours ago. But I wasn't there. Another guy was bodyguarding him. So it wasn't my fault. Oh, why would anyone want to kill Max? I was trying to figure that out. Thoughts? Max expected me to marry him. He's not my type. But it was sweet, really. It's nice sometimes to have a man who idolizes you. You know? I prefer when they pay for things. So, did you know a dude named Pete Berger? No, I've never heard that name before. He works at the same studio as you guys. Stuntman. Hmm. I bet you're one of those principal actors who doesn't make eye contact with anyone below the line. It's a big studio. I rather doubt I've had the opportunity to meet everyone who works there. Fair. But this Pete Berger guy was the one who shot at Max yesterday. And killed Max. Nope. He's dead too. He was shot an hour before Max. This is very confusing. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. I don't know. There's got to be some reason why they were both killed, right? I wouldn't know. Well, if I've learned anything from my true crime podcasts, if you find a reason, you find a killer. So, like, what would be a reason to kill a makeup artist? I... I really don't know. The only time I had a reason to kill a makeup artist was when I was a bridesmaid at my brother's wedding. My sister-in-law made me use her makeup artist when she knew I was a professional makeup blogger and had a reputation to uphold. Orange eyeshadow with my skin tone? Let's just say I ended up doing my own makeup and that makeup artist got first-hand experience putting cover-up on a black eye. Well, frankly, I've never understood why anyone would want to hurt poor Max. Yeah, you've said that, like, a lot. Okay, well... He had a home makeup studio, right? He's not making TikTok videos, so what makeup is he doing at home? I don't know. Max always tried to improve his work. I suppose that's why he made the money he did. Ooh. So, like, he might have made a plaster cast of a head so he could practice makeup on the face? Kind of like those Barbie heads that get stained with makeup pretty much right away and end up looking like Streetwalker Barbie? I don't know. So after that, you can't put makeup on Barbie anymore, so you move on to her hair and end up giving her such a short haircut that even the military wouldn't take her? Uh... (gasps) Barbie's hair! Barbie? The lion was right. Barbie won't come out for another decade yet. Okay? Barbie has the most amazing blonde hair ever. Kind of like yours. Oh, well, thank you. My press agent thinks it's my best feature. I bet Max thought it was, too. Well, yes, certainly. Uh Uh-huh. Poor Barbie. After we cut off all of her hair, she looked, well, terrible. Don't say that. Don't ever say a thing like that. Hey, there are lots of women who pull off the bald look. Stop it! Not Barbie, though. But I bet Ken loved her just the same, even if she didn't appreciate his love. Shut up! And I bet Ken would do anything for her. Like, make her such an amazing wig, she'd become known for her gorgeous hair. Enough! Don't take it 
it out on the coffee? You blackmailed Pete to kill Max, but his lousy eyesight made him miss all the time. Hey, now that I know I was chasing a stuntman, I think I held my own. In heels. Get out! So you got pissed and killed Pete, and then you went over and killed Max yourself. And shot Joe while he was just trying to do his job. And give a stunning performance of Yasha, the cultured but cruel and opportunistic manservant who openly despises his own class. Too bad you weren't there! I know. My Madame Renevskaya was amazing. Where are you going? I'm calling the police. Seems apropos in the moment. No, you can't! You mustn't! They'll find out about my hair! Please, please don't tell them about my hair! I couldn't stand it! Oh, please don't! You see how nice it could be? People are dead and you still only care about your hair? Damn, girl! That's Kardashian-level shallow. Maybe instead of movies, you should do a reality show. Well, turns out Helda lost all of her hair back when she was sick, and she just couldn't stand the thought of anybody going around knowing that she wasn't wearing her own. And that was all the motivation there was for killing Max. Can't really blame her for that. Society has pressured women for centuries to obsess over youth and beauty. And no matter how many times we say we'd like our Hollywood starlets to age gracefully, we would still rather see Phoebe Waller-Bridge pair up with Harrison Ford than Karen Allen. Phoebe wasn't even born until after Temple of Doom, so... Yeah, there you have it. Yeah, so this job is not bringing me joy. Bringing you joy? Is it bringing you a paycheck? Because last I heard, that's the only thing jobs were designed for. Well, my generation wants more from our jobs than just money. All right, but seeing as your generation won't grace this planet for another 50 years, you're stuck working for money like the rest of us. There you go again! How do you know that? Madison, I tried to help you, and, you know, I didn't have to extract your soul out of your body or blow up your head, so I guess it went better than most jobs. But this whole thing is still a wash. Another failure due to the inherent flaws in humanity. I think humanity is the problem with most jobs. If it weren't for having to deal with other humans, life would be a lot better. Your lips to this god's ears. Thanks to our special guest Sinclair, a.k.a. Sean Trabick, from the audio drama Sinclair Wants to Help. Catch Sinclair's stories of his life as a minor-level deity, available wherever you get your podcasts. Our crossover episode came from Jeff Regan Investigator, which first aired in July 1948, and is best remembered by fans of old-time radio as being one of the first nationwide broadcasts to feature Jack Webb of Dragnet fame. But by the end of 1948, Webb had left the show, reportedly after asking for too much money, and Frank Graham stepped in to replace him in the role. Graham had voiced animated characters from Disney, Warner Brothers, Tex Avery, and many more. Unfortunately, while the show had strong ratings and was preparing to return for another season, Graham committed suicide due to a romantic breakup. CBS decided not to recast the role, and the show ended in 1950. It's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Have you signed up for my newsletter yet? Twice a month, get sneak peeks and not found anywhere else Madison stuff. To sign up, go to my website, madisonontheair.com. 
And don't forget to follow me on your favorite socials. I post daily to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Mastodon. My handle is at Madison on the Air. Okay, now, listen to these credits, you guys, because this cast was amazing. Take it away, announcer dude. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Stanish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Sean Drabick appeared as Sinclair slash Anthony J. Lyon. Other actors in the cast were Scott R. McKinley as Max, Jess McCoy as Hilda, David Pinion as Joe Canto, Scott Barry as Lieutenant Sanducci, Julie Hoverson as Flossie, and Clint Keegan as the announcer.